Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Adrian Paxosa, a registered dietitian who created a career path in dietetics through connections and seeing a need for access to dietitian services. Adrian started out wanting to be a professional dancer, and she still is at heart, and found dietetics in college. The jobs following her dietetics degree grew her entrepreneurial spirit, and she is now the owner of two businesses and helps other dietitians grow their own practice with a lot of positivity and genuine energy. Please enjoy my conversation with Adrian. Uh, I want to first of all thank you so much for having me on your podcast originally, and you're someone that I've actually been following for a while just secretly because I just... I think I told you this before. I love your energy. I just love everything that you're doing in this this space for dietitians. And I think that, um, you know, I was also surprised about all the things that you do. So there's so many things. I was like looking at your kind of just your web, your websites and your different things that you're doing. So I'm excited to learn more about how you started out as a dietitian and how you kind of ended up so far. Because I know you're still young and you still have a lot of things going on. So... <laughs> Maybe take me back to when you were, um, you know, younger and kind of navigating that professional career. When did you kind of see dietetics as a profession for you? Um, it was always a backup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I've heard, that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. No, um, I'm kind of like I love to be like center of attention. Uh, so. Ever since I was a little girl, I was bound and determined to be a dancer. So have been dancing since I was two years old, went to college to be a dancer, and just love to perform. Um, and then in college, I broke my foot. And I had, like, one of the, like, come to life, like, okay, am I really good? Can I really make it? And had to swallow a lot of like pride and like, okay, I'm good, but I'm not like really good. And I'll probably be like a backup dancer or things like that. I will never be like the star. And what kind of lifestyle would that really look like to be a professional backup dancer? Um, <laughs> uh, but my mom was, uh, was a nurse all, uh, all my life and she did a lot of nurse education stuff. And so we were always in the hospital in her classrooms and stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I can help people. I just don't want to touch them. Um, <laughs> and so I really love food as most humans do. And I was like, well, I guess like being a dietitian, it's medical, whatever. And that is pretty much the thought of it. I had no idea what it meant to be a dietitian. Didn't know what it meant to go to school. Did zero research at all. My friend got a scholarship to Loyola University in Chicago. And I was like, cool, I guess let me see what other colleges are around there. Um, and so got a uh, got into University of Illinois, Chicago and we didn't even look to see if they had any nutrition program. Like, oh, I mean, it's food. Every school has one, duh. It's my <laughs> only thought and research. Um, and it ended up having a great dietetic program, uh, a coordinated program, and was absolutely life-changing. Okay. First of all, that is, I mean, dancing, dietetics, completely two separate things. <laughs> so thinking about like just being in college. And so 
you, I mean, having to come to that decision of I'm not going to be a professional dancer, that had to be really hard to like say, yep, that's not my future. I need to shift gears. Oh my gosh. It was some serious like soul searching. And for the longest time, I couldn't not, it was really like painful and tearful to say that I'm not a dancer because uh, that's all I had ever saw myself as. And, and I had to really switch that like identity of like, oh, I danced as a hobby and I didn't like that. And it took me a while to really like suck that down. I, yeah. Cause that was such a big part of your life and I'm sure it still is a big part of your life. But in that transition, it was probably just, that's not going to be my profession. So therefore I'm going to wing this next step. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank goodness your college had dietetics. That's like a huge relief that you went Seriously. there, that it did. It, there's so a lot how, of those. <laughs> how did it, how was it life-changing for you? Um, I, so being a dancer in school, uh, all through high school and everything, I never really took school serious. I was like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and so kind of really fell in love with science. Um, so fun fact, I'm dyslexic and cannot spell my way out of a paper sack. Um, and so all of the, like the languages and all that, like makes my brain go bananas, but math and science, I was like, holy hell, like this stuff like has a beginning, middle and an end. And there's a right point and a wrong point. So my brain just kind of opened up and it was so interesting to learn how food really works in the body. And then, ah, oh, the coordinated program. Oh, I saw things in our coordinated program that I thought died in the Bible. Like I saw leprosy and like vitamins. You did? Yes. I was like, holy hell, this is amazing. Wow. That's great. You're right. That did, it does seem like it died in the Bible. Oh my gosh. What was that like? Um, absolutely terrifying and uh, absolutely like again, life-changing just because I, I really thankful I had some really great preceptors that pushed all of us to be like, oh, dietitians have to be at the forefront of every conversation in every room. And so very thankful that they're like, oh, well, it's a leprosy case. You need to be uh, giving your recommendations. Oh, it's multiple gunshot wounds to the GI tract. You need to be giving your medical recommendations. I was like, Oh, wow. and like having to like speak up at grand rounds and everything. I was like, oh, let's start a TPN. I don't know. <laughs> and in Chicago, yeah. I mean, you, that's a big city and that's a lot of big hospitals that you're probably in too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So now I get why you are so confident in all the things that you do because you went through a lot of hard stuff. Um, it's It also is... Um, I don't know if I'd say confidence has come over time. I think when I, anytime I try something new, I'm like, holy bananas, what did I just do? But it's one of those things. If I don't ever try, then I don't ever know if I'm ever going to be good at it. <laughs> that's true. That is true. You can't ever figure it out if you don't try. Yep. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so you, you had a great experience. You had a life changing experience with your, even just how you thought differently about how science made sense to you. So thinking of that and thinking the experience that you had in that clinical setting, was that kind of what you were drawn to from your 
education? No. So for education, I was, um, again, like being in the spotlight, that still was something I was like, well, I'm going to work with athletes as every dietitian thinks. Um, (laughs) we do. Why do we do that? (laughs) (laughs) In the beginning of your career, I see, it seems to be that we're like, Ooh, I'm gonna work with athletes. That's going to be amazing. Yes. And so I was like, I'm going to work with athletes and I'm going to specialize with dancers. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to work with the Chicago bears and I'm going to be like the best sports dietitian ever um that was the idea and um then doing sweat collections on athletes is absolutely disgusting um ew that's a thing yeah. i was like oh, oh hey no. um, <laughs> that goes that goes past my boundary of touching people um, yes. <laughs> so um i ended up working in clinical and an icu in in chicago and um then also i worked at a health club so I have a little bit of energy. Um, and so <laughs> I've little. always had multiple jobs. So during the day, I'd be a clinical dietitian, ICU, running all the tube feeds and calculations and love and life. And then at night, I was uh, doing personal training, teaching dance classes, and uh, seeing clients at a health club in downtown Chicago. And just thought that was the best use of both of my brains. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's like how many hour days, 18 hour days were you doing? It was a long, but I was like, Oh, you know, I'm 22, 25. Why not? I've got nothing else to do. And oh my gosh, I'm getting paid to do all of this. This is amazing. And you're having, and you still got to be part of the dancing area too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing too. So how long did you manage that? crazy lifestyle. I did that for a good year, year and a half. And then I decided that I hated the snow. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm frozen solid and needed to get out of uh, Illinois. And so I came back to Texas and um, I knew that I wanted to be in Austin. Uh, Austin, Texas is very progressive. We say it's a little little blue blueberry in a big red state. So I knew I wanted Mm -hmm. to live in Austin um, and I still had this idea that I wanted to work with athletes. So I joined a health club and it was a shock to the system because it was 100% commission based and I had zero clue what that meant um, and zero guidance mm. and really had no idea what it was like to do nutritional counseling at all. I'd just been clinical. Um, and so we got thrown in there and sucked like royally sucked <laughs> for mm. a while <laughs> that sounds terrible well, like in 100 percent commission that's like i mean that's hustle in a whole different arena oh yeah uh, absolute crazy amount of hustle and hustle without any guidance or direction or mentor and just loads of stress and oh it was it was awful and then also not another dietitian to like consult with like hey how do you talk to somebody about this and that and this and that so I was like I decided I needed to be around more dietitians so I joined every dietetic community I could possibly find and threw myself into it and joined the Austin Dietetic Association, joined the Texas Dietetic Association, and was just wanting connection so bad and just to have that other piece. And yeah, from there is kind of uh, how I went into eating disorders. So I was at a dietetic, Austin dietetic meeting and somebody's, uh, they were always asking me, oh, does anybody have any jobs? And 
somebody said, oh, well, there's an eating disorder treatment center that needs uh, some help. And is anybody interested? And I was like, sure, I'll help. I know nothing about eating disorders. Um, and so started working there and immediately called up uh, Jessica Setnick and I was like, help, help. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and fell in love with that population and really felt like I made a difference in people's lives and could really help somebody understand nutrition, got some great supervision, got some great guidance on nutritional counseling and just fell in love with it. Um, and when working with eating disorders, uh, once they're out of a treatment facility, they have to have an outpatient dietitian as kind of the standards of practice. And so I had people wanting to come and see me an outpatient and I was like, okay. Um, I don't know what that means, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and started, that's how I started my private practice just on a whim. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I mean, that's pretty awesome that you wanted to start a private practice to continue helping those clients that you were seeing. It was, uh, and that's always been kind of the background, like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to have a private practice. My father's an entrepreneur. And so I've kind of always been around it, but I didn't really understand what the heck that actually meant. Um, I zero clue. Um, and so it was just, it made sense. And it was it in the time it was easy. <laughs> well, and then thinking about you were 100% commissioned at that health club position. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, you know, you were kind of introduced to it a little bit. And then you got to form it yourself for what you exactly. Liked. And so it, it it's I'm, as I look back at it, my career, I'm like, holy bananas, it all was so organic and was so meant to be um, that it just I didn't ever try or seek out things. They just kind of continued to fall in place. And it was, it was wonderful. And I'm so thankful and very grateful it all did. So you, that private practice still exists, correct? correct. And you've grown, you've grown it a we, lot. So talk yeah. about, talk about how it started and how you've grown it to your staff and how you're working with that. Oh, sure. Um, so when this airs, I think we're going to be 14 years old, 14 or 15. Oh my God. Uh, so we've been around for a while. Um, and so how we, how I grew again, this is all organic and it's, it's one of those it's meant to be. Um, and so I was seeing patients and it was just, it was just me, single provider. Um, but I started out, one of the things that was one of my core beliefs is I wanted to take insurance because I, that's, this is really why I started my private practice is I want there to be better access to registered dietitians. And, um, and so having uh, an insurance-based practice was uh, a must in my opinion. And so that I started taking insurance, started seeing patients and I had a good amount. It wasn't my full-time job. I was still working at the treatment center and, uh, I was seeing patients and I got this phone call from this major grocery store here in Austin. Um, and they were asking, uh, it was before they had dietitians and grocery stores and they're like, oh, well, you know, we have uh, a program for all of our employees uh, that have uh, diabetes and they need to be seeing a dietitian uh, five times in a, uh, in five months. Are you able to do that? And I was like, oh, sure, that's fine. I was thinking it'd be like five patients, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to send over 75 patients um, oh. and we need them all to be seen in five months. I was like, what? <laughs> 
Holy moly. So I just said yes. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah. <laughs> hung up that phone and like started to like freak out. And uh, <laughs> that's that's how I decided that I was like, I need help. Uh, so that was when I first hired my first contract dietitian. And it just kind of grew from there and slowly started to notice that I can't do it all, nor do I want to do it all. And notice too that I really like the business side and I love the marketing side and being able to help get more diet, create better access to dietitians. If I can run the business side and all the dietitian needs to do is come in and be an amazing dietitian. They don't have to worry about marketing or billing or insurance. I want to be able to provide that. So we've been cranking away for 14, 15 years now. Oh my gosh, that sounds ideal because that's the hardest part I think for dietitians that are becoming entrepreneurs is that whole side of the business side. That's the part that's not attractive to everyone. Totally. And, and I think it's it's okay not to be attracted to it. And so uh, for those that are listening, you're like, man, I, I wish I could be in private practice. Like you don't have to be, you can join a group practice if you don't want to do those things. Uh, Cause it, it is a whole different mindset and a whole different ball game. And is that where, so is that kind of where like fearless practitioner kind of came from? Was that entrepreneurial you know, kind of side, the business side that you're trying to help other dietitians 100%. So kind of in that same vein of I want to create better access to dietitians, I knew I never got trained in uh, how to put together a super bill or fill out a CSM 1500 to submit to insurance. So if I can teach more dietitians how to code, how to set up their QuickBooks account or all of the business stuff, there's going to be more dietitians. And everybody always asks, oh, aren't you scared for competition? I was like, no, there needs to be more dietitians. Just as there's enough dentists, there's a dentist on every block. There needs to be a dietitian on every block. There's Everybody eats, everybody needs to see dietitian. So I think there needs to be way more dietitians in private practice. I love that your passion though is like the access to, I think a lot of times we don't think of that component of everyone needs to have good access to dietitians. <laughs> and you're right. That's not true. Not a lot of people even know we exist. Not a lot of people even know how to find us. So we need to have that access and this, uh, that availability oh. for people to know. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's one of those bigger problems that we don't ever think about, especially in, in the state of Texas. We're a ginormous state, and mm -hmm. there are teeny tiny towns along the border or in the middle of nowhere that don't even have hospitals, so they don't have dietitians in a hospital, and so they definitely don't have them in outpatients. So, how to create that better access? And I'm kind of excited for the whole telehealth to keep growing the way it's going. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you see, does your staff see people in person as well as telehealth or are you strictly all so telehealth? We, um, well, before COVID. Yeah. Well, before COVID. <laughs> so before COVID, we did a mix of in-person and telehealth. And then, of course, we did, we, we moved 100% to telehealth and um, we're kind of a, a mix, but I would say we're still about 90% telehealth. And shockingly enough, every new patient that we get calling in wants telehealth. Nobody wants to come and see us in, uh, in person. It's so much easier to do telehealth from like the patient side. For sure. And you can have, again, that access is all yeah. over the place. It can be from yeah. anywhere. 
Do you, just because you spoke about insurance and coding, do you feel as dietitians, I know a lot of people, you know, in this entrepreneurial space don't do insurance or maybe because they have various reasons not to, but do you kind of feel like that's a very important aspect to be educated on? I do. Um, because even if you don't take insurance, uh, your patients might ask for a super bill, which is a, like a fancy way of saying a, a coded receipt so that they can mm-hmm. get possibly reimbursed from their insurance or use it as a tax deduction. And so being able to code that session, um, even if you're not in private practice, I think if you work in a clinical setting or um, any other setting, being able to have that same conversation, to, it's a way to show worth uh, and to show value um, on the medical side. So I think it's a really important conversation. And I think if you can do the Krebs cycle, you can do insurance. It's not hard. <laughs> I That's a great comparison. <laughs> that's true. It is. I think people just are kind of scared of it. But I also, like you said, it does show value and a lot of patients want to see if it's possible to get reimbursed by their mm-hmm. insurance and and do tax deductions yeah. and things like that. So I think it's good to have mm-hmm. it as an option too. So talk to me about your fearless practitioner, another leg of your business. <laughs> kind of tell me more about that and how you're helping dietitians. Sure. Uh, so there's multiple legs of uh, fearless practitioners um, and it's, Mainly started as a podcast because, um, as you know, I love podcasts. I think they're amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, and because I'm dyslexic and can't write, I was like, blogs? No way. Yes. <laughs> I, I agree. Yes, please. Uh, so there's a weekly podcast, and it's a mix of interviews of other professionals, but then also education. But the main thing is, um, I think a lot of times, and this is uh, just from my personal experience, is I'll listen to all these podcasts and all of that, but sometimes I may not act on it. And so I really want people to move forward, do something. I don't care what it is, just do something to get you closer to your goal. Um, and so besides the podcast, um, I've got small group coachings, which I keep it really small because I think there's some intimacy that can happen when you have a small group that can really push each other. Um, And so we'll do, I'm a huge, huge component of knowing your numbers. So as a business owner, if you don't know your financials and aren't looking at your financials, I say you have a hobby and not a business. Um, So I really teach dietitians to talk numbers, to talk financials, um, and we set up uh, really how you're going to evaluate the health of your company. And we, I teach them how to check in on the health of their company every month and what that actually looks like mm-hmm. um, and why you need to do that. Um, and then, so we have small group coaching and one-on-one business coaching. And yeah, and then we have some online courses about HIPAA compliance. Uh, I get a lot of questions like, oh, I don't take health insurance. I don't need to be HIPAA. And I was like, oh, Yes, you do. <laughs> Bless your heart. Yes, you do. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think what I, I feel like your angle on the whole business kind of coaching, I like your angle because, I mean, there's a lot of business coaches oh, yeah. out there, right? I mean, there's lots of different kinds. But I, I think that your angle of the health of your company, talking money, being focused on what you're doing in your business is 
is another component maybe a lot of people don't see. They see the money coming in, but they don't see the overall health of their company. So I love how you see it. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely trial by error Um, because it's things that I didn't do that I was like, oh my gosh, if I would have done this five years ago, 10 years ago, holy bananas, my company would be so much better off or wow, I really screwed up and oh my gosh, I just... I've wasted so much money in the past or got, so it's one of those things that I just wish a lot of things I wish I would have known. And so I always tell people, whatever I learn or whatever I'm consuming, I'm going to teach out as well, because the more that we all share and learn and grow together, that's better for our profession. Absolutely. I love people that support other dietitians. We you're right. There's so much room for all of us. And I like your podcast because your podcast is very, it is educational. And so everyone does take something away every time they listen. You know, like some podcasts are fluff and they're like, oh, well, this is a great idea. And this is this. And you should try this. But I do like that you're very, like, you have that actionable part oh, of your thank podcast. Thank you. Yes. I, 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 it was something that always frustrated me about uh, uh, when I was listening because I would take notes while I was taking driving and listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then I like, oh, what do I do with these notes? And I need to, like, do something with them. So it was just out of, it's all just my own personal experiences. <laughs> See, those, they're so valuable, though. That's why people, you know, need your expertise, because it is a value to us all. Do you have a target kind of a dietitian audience that you like to work with? Or, you know, do you like newer dietitians? Do you like dietitians that have been kind of at it for a while? Are you all the dietitians? <laughs> um, I would say yes. Um, so the newer ones, um, I really enjoy because I really want to, I want somebody to set their business up like correctly from the start because there is a correct way and there is a very incorrect way to set up a business. And so I love the newbies. Um, but then I also love the ones that are uh, have been doing this for a while and they want to they grow, but they don't know how. And so I love to really help other dietitians grow and look at different revenue streams or look at adding on providers, um, looking at how they could actually grow and create more access. That's awesome. Because, yeah, I think that there are people that don't, they just don't know the next step or where to go or like to grow, to have a different avenue for their revenue. Like that can be hard because you think you get stuck in this one place as a dietitian and you just keep going through the motions and you're not aware or you just don't know where to start oh, yeah. to find those and I And that's the cool part about being a dietitian is there's so many things we can do from, yes, you can have a private practice, but you could do media work, which of course fuels my like inside stardom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could get paid to talk about food on TV. Ha! Um, or writing <laughs> recipes. Like there's so many cool things that you can do as a dietitian. And so maybe talk about, I, again, all the things that you do. You just mentioned media. What kind of other things like like those things that fuel your kind of dietitian? Yeah, um, so I've always wanted to be a media dietitian. Uh, one of my preceptors in college was Don Jackson Blattner. And she's on Good Morning America. And I was like, 
well, that's amazing. And this is before she was on Good Morning America, <laughs> and like way before, and she was just on local TV. And I was like, <gasps> and uh, another preceptor uh, like was on local news and stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. I want to do that too. Uh, but I didn't ever ask how. Or I didn't. I didn't ask questions. So that was on me. And so when I got into Texas, I saw that they had media reps, and I was like, well, I want to do that. Um, and so I just asked and applied and started to learn how to do pitches to TV stations, learn how to work with product um, and negotiate for salaries or money from different products. And it's a whole other world. And uh, it's an absolutely so much fun world. Uh, and I would encourage anybody that's interested in it, in it, like reach out and find ways that, feel your inside. So besides media, um, like there's other ways to kind of get involved in those things. And you volunteer, do you volunteer as well with your like local dietetics groups? And I know you just mentioned too that. I know you do a lot of stuff with the academy as well, but do you find that to be very beneficial? I mean, you said like you joined all the groups when you were first getting started, but you continued working with them too. Yeah. So, um, when I, I'm not on the board anymore for the Austin one, but uh, I try to stay involved as much as possible locally. And that's pretty much how I've hired everybody I know nice. uh, <laughs> for my company. Um, and then on the national level uh, in Texas, I'm a media rep for the Texas Dietetic Association. And then national, I was the chair for my dietetic practice group, which is BHN, the behavioral health. It's the eating disorders addiction. Um, and then I also one of, again, my goal is to create better access to dietitians. So I want to get in and figure out how to change stuff on a national level even more. So definitely have done uh, doing some volunteer work on like the leadership level to really get in and shake things up and change stuff. I love it. You're so, I wish I could bottle up your energy to get myself doing all these things too. I mean, that's a lot. I, I know when I was president of the Iowa Academy and then trying to work and all that kind of stuff, that's a lot to, to take on. Yes. yes so it is. <laughs> I appreciate that how active you are and how passionate you are about, you know, changing access for dietitians. It's a lot of, a lot of work to do in that area. Thank you. Yes. It's, and I think it's, I also think it's been so fulfilling on so many levels, um, like personal levels that some of my best friends have made because of being involved. Some of my best uh, experiences as a dietitian have become being involved. Um, career advancements has been because of that. So I think it's it definitely when you put time in, it definitely pays forward so much more. And where, so I know that, so we know that you're, you're having, expecting a little one here soon. And I know that's going to change 2021 for you a lot. Yes. <laughs> so I know that's going to take priority, but do you, what do you kind of are looking forward to in your future with your, you know, with your being a dietitian and your businesses? Um, so with uh, the private practice, I live on nutrition. I really hope to grow it a little bit more and have a couple more dietitians. And we're switching from being uh, a contractor based to the employees so that I can offer Ooh. employees health insurance and benefits and paid time off. So that's always been some, one of my passions is to really 
I love and and pay them a good salary. So that has been a passion and it's like finally coming true. Uh, so that's good. And then with fearless practitioners, um, really hoping to continue to grow the group coaching and one on one just so that again, creating better access to dietitians. Um, yeah. And then figuring out how to raise a baby. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> There's that little small component. Yeah, no, I don't know. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I think I thank you for employing dietitians. I think that is a huge undertaking, but it's also so rewarding because it's creating jobs for us too. And switching over to an employer is is amazing too. That's a lot a hard thing to do, but what a great great thing that you're doing for dietitians. Oh, thanks. So now I have some hard questions. Okay. You ready for these? I'm I would so ready. say okay. that they're my hard questions. So share with me some of the foods that you enjoy. Oh, so, oh, that's a really, that's a hard one. Cause I've like every food just like swam into my brain. <laughs> um, so I love savory things. So I'm thinking uh, like my perfect favorite meal would be like steak covered in blue cheese with mm. a big potato and a big glass of red wine. That sounds amazing. <laughs> You're not from Texas at all, are you? Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. How about, well, beverages? You just said red wine. Is there any other beverages that you enjoy? Um, yeah, my, I love, I'm looking at my wine cooler right now. and just like, ah, oh, someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I love sparkling water. Um, so any sparkling water I can down in like two seconds. It's so refreshing. And there's just something about the crack of the can. Um, I don't know what it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's funny. I always, I have one usually every night and my friends say that, oh, Anne's having her beer for the night. They call it my beer, which I think is hilarious. So oh, I love it. <laughs> um, what kind of scents or smells do you enjoy? Ooh, um, scents or smells. Um, so I'm not a big candle person um, because my mom was a nurse. Uh, we didn't mm. have smells in our house. Um, she used to clean everything with rubbing alcohol. So... <laughs> Rubbing alcohol kind of like makes me think of home. Sure. <laughs> um, so since I'd have to go, I don't really, I don't, I don't have an answer for that one. Maybe after baby, you'll have like yes, maybe. fresh out of the tub smells or something. <laughs> uh, what kind of movies do you like to watch or TV shows? Is there anything that you really enjoy watching? Oh my God. I love TV. Uh, when people say they don't watch TV, um, I know. I can't <laughs> um, <laughs> oh goodness. So my favorite movie of all times, this is going to date me. I love labyrinth. I was going to marry David Bowie when I grew up. <laughs> There's uh, still a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so love and labyrinth, uh, but TV shows. Oh my gosh. Gilmore girls. Mm, I think I have good. watched that. I don't know, 20 times beginning to end every single episode. Like I could definitely win any Gilmore girls competition. That's did you watch it when it was first, when it no, first aired? You did I, it? No, I didn't watch it until probably like 10 years ago. Huh? Interesting. I, I did watch it when it came out and then now I've rewatched it. And I think I'm kind of with you. I love it even more <laughs> now. I appreciate so much more from it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, and what brings you joy in life? 
Um, I would say the, and it's going to sound so cliche, but like the little things, um, like, oh, just, it, this is going to sound hysterical, but it like seriously almost like brought me to tears. Like this morning, my husband like filled up my water bottle. And I was like, that's the greatest thing in the Aww. world. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe it's the pregnancy hormones. I don't know. But like, just like the little things are when uh, a friend will text me or um, just simple little things like that, just like fill my heart up with so much joy. Those little kind acts are just so thoughtful. I would love someone to fill up my water. That would be amazing. (laughs) Well, I have to say thank you so much for just your insight, your supporting of dietitians. I will connect um, all your resources in the show notes. And are you taking new clients on for 2021? Oh, yes. Uh, okay. So in 2021, we've got a couple of uh, group coaching cohorts starting uh, probably February. And then we might have another one starting in April. Just all depends on this. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, so we're getting some of those going and it's going to be freaking life changing. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> do you t- and I was going to ask you this too. Do you kind of have like a just like a conversation with your clients before they kind of get started with you, just so you can kind of meet each other and see if it's going to work. How do you kind of start oh, that process? Yeah. So we do, uh, we do a discovery call, but then also I have them fill out kind of an evaluation to see like, are you really ready? Um, and yes, we definitely talk through it of like what it will look like. What's the protocols? What's the game plan? What's the commitment? So that people really understand if they're really ready. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adrian. You are just pure joy. I love speaking with you and congratulations on all the exciting things coming in your future. Oh, and this was so much fun. I can't wait to meet in real life. It's going to be I know. <laughs> I know. It's going to happen. We it is. Make it happen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. How can you not love Adrian? She has the best energy. She's so positive all the time. And Adrian really knows her stuff because she has lived it and learned it. She's a wealth of knowledge. If you're looking to grow your business and learn how to do it in a smart way, she's your person. She's become an employer of other dietitians, which I think is fantastic. And that's very successful in my eyes when you have a passion to do that and see a need for both a client and for the professional. All of her contact information is in the show notes, so make sure to head on over and get in touch with Adrian. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.